The reading is from Matthew 5:13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness, how will it become salty again? It's good for nothing except to be thrown away and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city on top of a hill can't be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. Instead, they put it on top of a lampstand, and it shines on all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before people, so they can see the good things you do, and praise your Father who is in heaven. Hello friends at Zao MKE. My name is Derek Scott III. My pronouns are he, him, his. And I'm a campus minister for the United Methodist Church in Jacksonville and St. Augustine, Florida. Um, really great to be with you all today. I love Pastor Jonah and Cameron and all the work that they're doing at Zao MKE Church. Love your church and all that God is using you all for. Um, and so when Pastor Jonah reached out and was like, hey, you want to be a part of worship? I just like, oh my gosh, that would be really cool. And I began to just pray, like, what might be something good for us to consider on this Sunday and just the world that we're living in right now? And I immediately went to one of my favorite texts, Matthew 5. And so I just want to read it to you really quickly. Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 13. Hear these words from Jesus. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, how will it become salty again? It's good for nothing except to be thrown away and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city on top of a hill can't be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. Instead, they put it on top of a lampstand and it shines on all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before people so they can see the good things you do and praise your Father who is in heaven. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I love this text for so many reasons. But well, one of the reasons, and again, it's just, there's so many that I could think of right now. But one of the reasons is that later on in the Gospel of John, we're going to hear that Jesus is the light of the world. It's going to be one of the designations of who he is. And so it just to me, it's kind of incredible that Jesus, the light of the world, looks at a bunch of people who are, as we all, you know, we kind of understand it, sitting on the side of a mountain or a really large hill, hearing him preach to them, the light of the world is gonna to say to this group of people, you are the light of the world. I just think that that is so interesting and ironic and kind of like, what? Like, but I mean, just imagine this, like, they, these folks are coming to Jesus to hear him. We some, some people call this this section of Matthew, the Sermon of the Mount. Some call this sort of the ethics of the kingdom or the ethics of the kingdom. This is the world that Jesus wants to see. This is the world that, that he wants people who are going to follow him to be about. This is how those who follow Jesus will live their life. And Jesus is literally looking at them, Jesus, the light of the world. And he looks at them and he says to them, you are the light of the world. Now, if I was on the side of that hill on that day, smart Alec Derek would have been like, I, I heard you just say that we're the light of the world, but I actually think that John's going to write a book and he's going to say that actually you're the light of the world. And Jesus is probably going to be like, hey, man, let me do this. And, and I'll quiet down. But I just think that it's phenomenal. And I think that this is a really good point for us to consider as well. We definitely are people 
who are looking to Jesus to be the light of the world. Amen. We're looking to Jesus to bring hope and healing and justice in the midst of COVID, in the midst of continued racial uh, disharmony and the need for deeper reconciliation and reparations. And we're looking to Jesus to be the one to inspire that in God's people. But it's that same Jesus that then turns around and looks at all of us and says, yes, I'm the light of the world, but I'm now saying that you are the light of the world. And I think it's interesting, again, for a lot of reasons, but I think it's interesting in the moment that Jesus says this in Matthew 5 because of the people he's talking to. You know, the people he's talking to um, coming from the Galilee, it's a, it's a working class environment. There are not a lot of well-to-do elites hanging out in the Galilee. That's not, you don't move to Galilee because you want to live your best life. You move to Galilee, you live in the Galilee because that's the best place you can live. It, it is all you're able to, to have and all the only space you can kind of be. Huge working class environment, not a lot of education. These are not normally the people that are um, front and center of culture, even in their own day. And so these are the people that Jesus, A, lives among, which is a huge point for us to consider, but these are the people hearing this sermon. These are the folks that are hearing the words, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. These are people whose lives are busy just getting from day to day. They don't have a whole lot of extra time to just sort of think about people outside of their own networks. And Jesus says to them, you are the light of the world. These are folks who therefore have their own stuff, their own trauma, their own sense that um, they are not allowed to take up space, their own labels that make them feel less than. They have history. And if you know the history of the Galilee, this history is so, so mixed and literally the people living there have been resettled from years and years of captivity and war and chaos and struggle. In fact, this is an area where people wonder if anything good can come out of this area. Some even call it Galilee of the nations and they say that the people living there are walking in darkness, okay? All of these things that we can say about this region and the people living there, these are the people that Jesus looks at and says, you, you are the light of the world. And so today, if you feel like anything that I just said about the people of the Galilee who are listening to this Matthew 5 sermon, if you found any point of connection there, I want to invite you to listen up. You know, if you're living with lots of privilege and, and lots of choices and, and not a lot of trauma, I mean, you can, you can listen up too, because um, I do think there are words for you, but these are really words for people who are not at the center of making things happen in the world. I am, um, just to be explicit, I, I'm, I, I'm, you can tell that I am a Black man. I am a uh, descendant of American slaves. And so that creates a narrative of who I am in this world, who I think I am in this world, who, who people have allowed me to be in this world. And I, I can't say that I would readily believe that Jesus, the light of the world, would be looking back at me and saying, actually, Derek, you are the light of the world. I'm calling you to let your light shine because it's important. I am also a gay or same gender loving man. I came out in May of 2020. And um, you know, I've been in church world most of my life and working in church 
my entire adult life. And I can tell you that when I came out publicly, it definitely changed some dynamics, some relationships, some, some of the influence that I had grown over my tenure in different ministry positions. And so I can say to you right now that while I'm very grateful for the things that I get to do in the United Methodist Church, I do have this sense that, you know, I'm kind of, I've kind of been pushed aside a little bit. And so it's kind of hard for me to believe that Jesus would be looking at someone like me and saying, hey, you, you are the light of the world. <laughs> I'll also just be honest with you and let you know that um, I'm a, as a campus minister, I spend time with lots of students who are on their uh, collegiate journey, their educational journey, and some of them are able to get through um, school in that four-year gap. I've got some that got through it earlier because they did dual enrollment as high schoolers, and, and then I've got some that are more on the five or six-year plan, and I just want you to know that I was on the seven, but actually 17-year plan. It took me, like, yeah, almost 20 years to get my undergraduate degree. And so I don't, and I, so I don't have a bachelor's degree. Uh, I'm sorry, I have a bachelor's degree. I don't have a graduate degree. Um, I definitely don't have a PhD. I've done a lot of my own study and then had those sort of ideas, you know, tested with folks who have more schooling. But I'll be honest, man, like when I walk into some spaces with my, my friends who have their graduate degrees, they've got MDivs or some other set of letters, PhDs behind them. I don't feel like I'm there to let my light shine in the room. I feel like I'm there to like pull back and just be thankful that I was allowed to be in the space. One more. I'm a lay person. Okay. So I'm not ordained. <laughs> I have no intentions. I don't feel Jesus calling me to ordained ministry, but I spend a ton of time with clergy. So much of my work puts me next to my district superintendent often, and even with some bishops. And y'all, I'm not going to lie. I am always that guy when I'm sitting with a bunch of clergy folks. I'm going to give those sort of like, let me disclaim everything that I'm about to say in the next few minutes. I'm a lay person. <laughs> y'all. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm listing off all the reasons why I shouldn't be the light of the world. I'm sure you've got them too. And, and I think this morning, one of the things the Holy Spirit may want us to do is to just acknowledge that while, yes, we've all got our reasons why we might not be called to be the light of the world, Jesus is not interested in taking this word back. In the same way that he looks at a bunch of working class people who are marginalized and not at the center of society and says, you are the light of the world. The Holy Spirit is also today saying to every single one of you, under the sound of my voice, you are the light of the world. And I'm calling you to shine your light before all people. I want to say today that it is a calling for the people of God to take on, to not just be satisfied with, yeah, I'm saved. Yeah, no, I'm gonna like do some justice work. No, no, no. There is a massive um, invitation to be a part of what God is doing, to be people of justice and mercy and reconciliation, people who speak truth to power, not because we've got all the privilege, but exactly because we only have this mandate from our beautiful King and Savior Jesus calling us to be the light of the world. And so friends, 
it's interesting to me that again, sometimes people call this Matthew five through seven section, the, the ethics of the kingdom or ethics of the kingdom. It's interesting to me that this message would be given not to Pharisees, not to um, higher religious leaders or even government officials of Jesus' day. He's giving this whole manifesto to working class people. And I think that it, what it means is that yes, all of us are responsible for what happens next in our world. That's what it means to take on this calling of being the light of the world, to say that it's actually on us to shine our lives before people so that they will see what we are doing, the good things that we are doing, the good trouble, right, that we're getting ourselves into, and point their attention to God who is calling them to live in such a way that it allows for the flourishing of every single person and the flourishing of all of creation. And so let me just break this down a little bit because I think this is about a lot of things for us. But one thing it's definitely about, this is about you. This is about you as an individual. This call to be the light of the world is about you and your calling. Friends, as a lay person, I will say this emphatically, every single one of us is called by God to do something that will make this world better. Now, we'd normally talk about calling as it relates to people who get ordained or who go into full-time ministry. And that's the, and, and if you consider full-time ministry and possibly becoming a clergy person, at least in the UMC, we've got lots of, well, pomp and circumstance and also lots of hoops that we want you to jump through and lots of boards you need to um, sit down with and lots of paperwork. Yes. But friends, can I just say that some of you out there are called to be educators? And that calling is just as important as the calling to be a clergy person. Some of you are called to, I'll just name it, some of you are called to accounting. I love the calling of accounting. I did a little bit of accounting in my 17 year journey in undergrad, just a little bit, fell in love with it. And, and I just think that, yes, I mean, it's a job and, and, and it can be kind of like numbers heavy, Excel heavy, but I do think that there's some of us out there that it's not just a job, but somehow, Jesus is kind of staring at us. It's like, I'm calling you to be the light of the accounting world. I know it's like crazy, right? Like that somebody could be called to food service, to be called to working behind a bar. I actually have a part-time gig um, in the midst of being a campus minister and there are lots of the UMC, lots for the UMC. I have a part-time gig working um, for a, a local craft brewery here in town. And y'all, it's a calling. Yes, it's like an opportunity I was given because I was hanging out at the bar a lot and that's another conversation that we can talk about later, but I'd love to talk to you about craft beer and how that relates to Jesus. That'll be another sermon, um, but that's a calling. And I wanna invite us to consider that the things that are in our hearts to do are not just because, oh, that was the degree that was easiest for me to get, or it's just, I just kind of fell into this job, but I do think that you have a calling and so it's on us, that's on you, about you to begin to discern that call. Because I do believe that as we discern our own calls, we begin to see how we might be as individuals, the light of the world in the places where we are hanging out. And this is where someone can be called to the medical profession or to public service and the government, or could even be called um, to doing something outside the United States, could, could be called to occupations that definitely don't get the kind of um, appreciation that they deserve. And yet at the same time, you are the light of the world. This, this being the light of the world is definitely about you, but it's also about us, my friends. 
It's about who we are together. There's something to be said about people who recognize that they have been called the light of the world. And then when they get together with other people who've been called the light of the world, and we all together are challenging each other to continue to shine our lights, the ways that together we can do something that pushes back the darkness. Y'all, I think I can't think of any better way to think about this, any way to talk about this than the church. And yes, there's so much that the church gets wrong. So much of the church has gotten wrong that we're still getting wrong. But there's something to be said about people who are just figuring out their spiritual journey together and determining that it's not an accident that we are all together. It's not an accident that we're all kind of living in the same community, thinking about the same things, talking about the same things. There's something to be said about all of us together being called to do something. And I think that looks like church. And, you know, I would say that when it comes to being you, like this, this part about being the light of the world for you personally, please don't disqualify yourself. But I would say that for us as the church, please don't underestimate the power of what happens when we are doing this thing together. The power of what happens when we jump into Zoom rooms together. The power of what happens when we say we're going to focus on this issue in our city and we're going to speak truth to power. We're going to get on our feet. And we're going to put some signs up so that people know that this is not okay. Please don't under, underestimate the power of light bearers called by Jesus to bring their light into their world. This light of the world stuff coming out of Matthew 5, it's about you. It's about you discerning your own calling, letting your lights, letting your light shine. It is about us together as the church, um, letting our light shine together. And friends, it is about now. It is about what happens now. We cannot wait. And our communities, friends, are actually looking to us, the church, to be who we've been called to be, the hands and feet, heart and life of Jesus, to literally step into the darkness of our world at times and, and to shine our lights and to not wait to do that till we feel qualified, to not wait to do that till we feel like we've been given permission. And I hope that you would not put that off to continue to have our communities waiting on us to be who we've been called to be. When Jesus looks out at a group of people, people who are not at the center of society, people who have 5,000 reasons why they shouldn't be there in this moment where Jesus is sort of giving the ethics of the world that he believes that we can live into. Being called the light of the world is about you finding your calling. It is about us being the church. And it is about now bringing the kind of message and witness and advocacy to our communities who are so desperate. My favorite um, scripture in the New Testament is Romans 8.19. And it says this, Derek revised standard version now, but it says this basically, that the whole of creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of God's children. And here's what I hear in that Romans 8, 19 verse. The whole world is waiting for these light bearers to shine their light. I believe that the U.S. is waiting for people just like you and me to stop disqualifying ourselves from shining our lights, discerning our own cause. I do believe that, yes, 
The world is waiting, like literally the world and social media, but the world right there on the ground in Milwaukee is, is waiting on us to realize the power we have as collective light bearers who can come together and do something phenomenal for the sake of this world and for the sake of Jesus, waiting on us to not underestimate what we can do together. And I do believe that the community that Zhao MKE even is in right now is waiting for you all to continue continue, because I know you've already been on this journey, I want to encourage you to keep going. The time is now to keep going. The time is now to, to stir up what's in us so that we can be who God has called us to be. And so my friends, I pray today that you would not disqualify yourself, that you would not underestimate your community, that you would not wait, that you would hear the words of Jesus speaking out to every single one of us saying, yes, Jesus, the light of the world, saying to you, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nobody puts a, a light to lamp and puts it under a basket, but they actually put it on a table so it can shine for all to see. So let your light shine before all people. It's about you, it's about us, it's about now. Let your light shine before all people so that they might see what you do and give God some of their attention to hear what God is asking of the world. Friends, I pray that this has been helpful for you, praying for you and believing that these would be days where you would rise up as light bearers for the sake of the marginalized, for the sake of those who are always left out, for the sake of, of the community and this world and for the sake of Jesus and his love being experienced by all. Love you, friends. Be well.